Welcome to part two of episode seven of I Digress podcast. I'm your host, Arul Chanel. There are many significant societal problems facing our country. And to be honest, it may just be easier to not talk about them and convince ourselves that they're just a concoction of the media or disgruntled group. But when it comes to misogyny and racism, that would be unjust and, well, bullshit. Part two of my interview with Stephanie Sheldon, founder of both the Indie Foundry and Cleveland Flea, focuses on a central theme that's run through her life and career, misogyny. Now, I'm by no means going to stand on a pulpit and say that I'm not guilty of misogynistic behavior and views. But what I will say is that my perspective has changed dramatically, especially as I learn more and listen to other people's insight. This includes the purposeful discussions I've had with Stephanie. For this, I'd like to thank Stephanie, and I ask you all, especially my fellow men, to listen to this with an open mind and the desire to continuously evolve and improve. Let's hear from Stephanie. Part of the problem is that this isn't interesting enough to people. So what the real problem is that, like, why do you need someone to be interesting to you, right? Like, this is part of the problem. Why do we need everyone to perform for us? What is it going on inside of ourselves that, like, this is necessary for us to listen and learn from people? And it's not a fact, but it is an interesting question, like, because not everybody requires this, but it, it is required of you if you're someone who believes that other things give you happiness, right? Like, and that's the thing that's really particular for white men and men in, men in power or men in general is that they are really used to like women and food and beer and whiskey and all of these things bringing them happiness or bringing them pleasure. I wouldn't say happiness, pleasure. So like when you are one of those things that isn't delivering that, you're going to get cut off, but that's actually the problem, right? We really, the bigger problem to talk about is like, what's going on internally? Can we heal men so that that is not the thing that they require of other people? So that's sort of like where this problem needs to start, right? Because like you were saying earlier, is like most men who are acting this way had a difficult past, right? You know, or like we all have something to heal, so it doesn't really start with women being more interesting. It starts with men understanding, like, why do you need someone to be more interesting to listen to it? What's going on inside of you that requires that? So to clarify what Stephanie, many psychologists, and I believe to be the issue, there's something missing inside that causes these issues and behaviors. Let's hear more. That's like the root of it. I don't know that this podcast is going to change anyone's, any misogynist lives, but what it can probably do is help to unpack this for people who are allies of this movement. And maybe, you know, that's helpful too. So like when I was talking to my dad, who is like my original misogynist, uh, and I feel like I still feel shame saying that, right? Because that is a, a thing that women feel is that like we should not call that out. We should be likable. We should be polite. We should be PC. But like all of these rules, don't just apply to us. They also apply to other men or they, they apply to men who don't conform too. So like if you've ever been in a, a situation where you wanted to speak out against something, you may have felt compelled not to because it wasn't acceptable. So these rules don't just hurt women. They also hurt men and they, they basically hurt anyone who doesn't follow an extremely narrow idea of what it means to have happiness and power and control 
in the societies that we live in right now. So this type of logic transfers to anyone who's different than whoever is in majority power. It's not just about women. My particular experience is with misogyny that is directed at women because that's my personal experience. But you might have an experience that feels very similar to me because of this power structure that was set up that you had to conform to. I mean, you're Jewish, right? Or you were were born Muslim. Are you Jewish or are you Muslim? So just to indicate where that came from, Stephanie and I spoke earlier about the role my upbringing as a Muslim played in many of my views. She goes on. People who believe that power is about identifying whose team you're on require everyone to decide what side they are on. And so this doesn't really just apply to women and misogynists. It applies to people who are not of the majority power. And this just goes back to the very, very, very like internal belief system of, who, of whoever is at power who believes sameness is not scary. Difference is fearful. Someone will take something from me, right? Like it's very basic. If we want to heal a lot of these problems, we have to like make sure that we arm people who are growing up now to understand that that is bullshit, that that is a social construct, and that they can accept people who are different. It, fear should not be the guiding principle in determining policy. See, we have so much policy that is decided and constructed based on fear and based on you know the fear of what is that outside group going to do to status quo versus curiosity, versus acceptance, versus welcoming. We really can't protect ourselves from people who are going to do us harm, but that's always the case. Um, But what happens is people just create rules to make sure that most of us maybe don't get hurt, but at the same time that also no one really gets that happy. So men don't benefit from this either. Like men who believe that like their happiness is derived by like how beautiful the woman is that is with them and what that says about them, there's never going to be a sense of happiness within them. They have to learn to give that to themselves. Misogyny doesn't just hurt women. It hurts men and it hurts anybody who is non-conforming to the power structure, the, the power structure that is the majority. But yeah, this probably sounds boring to most people. <laughs> Definitely not boring at all. Stephanie is spot on. Misogyny and complacency when addressing misogyny hurts everyone. Stephanie then shared a story that I thought was very thought-provoking, especially for parents. I mean, think about a small child. Think about a small boy who is three years old. And, like, I think about my nephew. He, I was hanging out with him in Chicago. He's three. And I was putting on lipstick. And he doesn't understand that that is a thing that is a a girl versus a boy thing. Like, he doesn't get that. He's just like, ooh, makeup or, like, bright colors, right? So, like, and he sees – and he loves me. And he sees me doing this, and he wants some too. His father, who has grown up in this culture, who is my brother, was horrified at his asking for this, Right? This is like something that is not even attached to any, like the putting on of something on your lips is like a social construct. (laughs) It's not a thing that is destined to be male or female, right? It is just a thing that we attach meaning to. But this thing was so upsetting 
to my brother because what it represented to him, what it what he made it mean to him was that, you know, my son might be gay, which then meant something horrible to him or like not even horrible because his best friend is gay. But to, to deal with what would happen to his son if he was different than the majority of what people believe is okay the pain for my brother was like, I can't handle if this child that I love so dearly gets mistreated in a world that I know that mistreats people who do not fit in. So misogyny has a way of affecting us all. And this small three-year-old who just thought that was an amazing, fun thing to do he was the most innocent of all of us, right? He wasn't, he was just perceiving what it would look like and feel like to put red lipstick on your lips because that was a fun thing to do. But, you know, my brother, he would only immediately stop it because he knows the ramifications that would come to a boy who does that thing. And that is a version of misogyny that does not help men because nothing is inherently wrong with that situation. You know, so like this is not a thing that only hurts women. This is a thing that deeply, deeply hurts men as well and does not let them in their own right become individualized within the race or not the race, within the gender of men, right? Because every man has his own version of what it means to be a man, but that's not acceptable. You have to conform to this one thing because the power structure in place does not support, and it not only doesn't support, but it punishes severely the people who do not conform to it. And women are just really used to, women have had to play the game, so we're kind of caught up in it in, in a different way, but men are caught up with it in their own way, and that's one of them. As a man, it may be as simple as slowing down and being honest with ourselves. Ask yourself, why am I uncomfortable? Or why am I feeling this way? If we can better understand why we are feeling a certain way, maybe we can begin to identify areas in which we can grow. But I think if we want it to be understood by more people, and I think if we want even people who practice misogynist behavior to take notice and change themselves, we have to identify with them. And they no, no doubt each person who continues to practice it has a moment in their life where they were taught that if they didn't do that, there were consequences. Otherwise, they wouldn't believe in it, right? Like my dad believes in misogyny and practices it because he was taught that like that's what you do or you face a consequence. So if if we want to change the world and if we want to change a misogynist, we need to understand where they were victimized first. And I'm not suggesting we coddle misogynists. And I'm not suggesting we, like, put up with male fragility, but I am suggesting that, like, that's the way through to people, which is that their humanity, their, you know, shared belief that, like, we're all looking for healing, we're all looking for belonging, we're all looking to be accepted. And if we can talk to people before they damage a million people, that can change our world. Stephanie is right and very pragmatic about this. As guys, we need to step up. There's nothing wrong with pulling your peer, your brother, your friend aside and having a guy-to-guy talk in a respectful way. That's how we're going to change things. People may not understand about me. I'm extremely results-driven. I just identify the result that I want. I don't take it personally that like, oh, but 
you know, women should be heard or like, this shouldn't happen to me. Like, I'm a realist. Like, I just understand that this is the world that we live in. And if we ultimately want a problem to change, we need to be able to talk about the reality of it, not just continue to play the game and be like, but you should listen to me, but it's not fair. And like, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of parts of running my business that aren't fair. I get judged harshly where men wouldn't, but like, that's not the compelling part of the story for me. The compelling part of the story for me is I've gone forward no matter what. And I also know that we need men to play a big role in in the changing of the culture of how women are treated. And I'm not really interested in shaming men. Like, that's not my thing. Like, I don't want to shame them or get them to believe me. I'm just interested in understanding what is going on in them personally that hasn't been healed that allows them to continue this legacy. I think Stephanie has given us a lot to reflect on. There's nothing unmanly about wanting to change. If not for ourselves, think about our sons and daughters that are forged from the examples that we set. Let's be the best version of ourselves. Strive for progress in our own circles. And hopefully, we'll start to see changes in society as a whole. Thanks for your time, and I'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Now get out there and get shit done. I Digress Podcast is produced by Matthew Petrakowski. Music by Nuts. Thank you, Stephanie, for being you. I'm Earl Chanel. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take time and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would really help. Thank you.